from verse 17 to verse 27. Verse 17 to verse 27. This is the word of God. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Let's pray. Lord, we gather around your word this morning. Lord, we know that your word can feed us and nourish us and shape us. Your word can transform us. We pray that all those things would happen this morning. Lord, what we do not know, would you teach us? What we lack, would you give us? Would you make us more like your son? We know that the word of God can raise dead men to life. And I pray, God, that for those of us who have not trusted in you this morning, that that would happen. All glory to you, Lord. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, since it's fresh in my mind, uh, my great-grandmother, uh, she died a year ago. And so yesterday we had the unveiling of the tombstone. We're, we're sort of tongue on the customs. And I, I think it might be sort of similar to a lot of you, where after one year you do an unveiling of the headstone. So in a, in a Tongan funeral, um, so what we did last year was a little bit different to our traditional Tongan funerals. Tongan funerals can take up to 10 days, maybe two weeks, um, before we bury the, the one who has died. This time around, my grandfather said, no, three days. Um, people in Australia who were making their way over, people in America, and people in Tonga who were supposed to be here were freaking out, going, hey, come on, it's supposed to be 10 days. My grandfather said, no, three days, we're going to bury her. And um, so that's what happened. In, in the Jewish culture, because they don't have modern technology like we have to preserve bodies, um, because they don't embalm like the way that we do today, people were often buried within the first 24 hours of death. And that probably would have been the case with Lazarus. There were other customs um, similar to the Tongan funerals and even Maldi funerals, um, and maybe even yours, where people from out of town would come, especially if this person was like a matriarch or patriarch or some, someone who was important or, or was a really important family in that area, people would come from out of town 
to the funeral. And we see that here in, in the story of Lazarus's funeral, where people from Jerusalem, um, which is not too far, it's, it's just over three k's. It's, it's about the distance from here to the Pack and Save in Mount Albert, if you go shopping there. So it's, it's not too far. Remember, they don't have cars and stuff like that like we do. Um, so people from out of town have made their way here. It was a cultural expectation that if someone died, you went along to the funeral to mourn with, with the people who had lost their loved one, to console the sisters, in this case, in Bethany. So people from Jerusalem have made their way over to Bethany for this funeral. Um, not only that, but remember, Jerusalem is not a friendly place for Jesus and the disciples. People there want him dead. We've seen that in chapters gone by and weeks gone by. We've seen that people, um, time after time, when Jesus is there, want him dead. And so there are people from Jerusalem who are still hostile to Jesus, who have made their way to Bethany. We see them later on in the chapter. They even go back and report to the Pharisees who are plotting to kill Jesus. Bethany being so close to Jesus is a risky place for Jesus to be with his disciples. People who are hostile towards him. And Jesus knows the hearts of all men. He knows he's walking to, into a bit of danger here. But he knows that this is not his time. He goes there. And it's been four days. There, there was a bit of a suspicion in, in the, the Jewish culture at this time that when someone died, the soul of the person would hover over the body for three days. But after three days, the body would start to change in appearance. The physical appearance of the body would start to decay and, and decompose and the soul would go off. And I, I wonder if some of this belief came about because, you know, today if someone dies, we can tell you straight away if they're dead. Right? We have the technology to say, no, there is no life in this person, they are dead. And this day and time, there are stories of people being carried off to their tombs, knocking on the coffins, going, hey, hold on. Um, I'm actually not dead, I'm alive. But after three days, after four days, that possibility went out the window. Lazarus is dead. There's no if, buts, or maybes for these sisters. He's dead. It's been four days. This is what Jesus walks into at Bethany. Welcome to Bethany, Jesus. People are hostile towards you here. They come from Jerusalem. Not only that, but Lazarus is dead, dead. Um, and so, this is what Jesus walks into. And when Jesus walks into this, Martha walks out and meets him. And this chapter is sort of centered around this conversation that Martha and Jesus have. The exchanges that they give. And Martha is rather impressive with her theology. It sounds like she's pretty onto it uh, in my books. So, <coughs> in verse 20, it says, So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And in verse 21, the conversation begins. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Um, people are sort of all over the place with how they interpret this part. And I've sort of arrived at the place where I don't think that she's being negative towards Jesus, uh, but rather expressing her confidence that if he was there, 
if he was there, he could have reversed the sickness. He could have, he could have taken Lazarus from a state of irreversible sickness to reversing it and making him well again. She's not quite at the stage where after four days, Lazarus is in a state that is irreversible, that is naturally impossible to, to reverse. She's not quite at the place where she can sort of think, hey, Jesus is here, now let's raise Lazarus. She, she's still in the place where she knows that if it were a sickness, he could have reversed it. And so Lazarus lay here in the tomb in a state that is naturally um, irreversible. It's impossible to undo what has happened. The cells are dying. He's decomposing. There is decay after four days. Martha goes on and, and even builds up her confidence even more in Jesus. She explains that he's, she's even a little bit more confident in Jesus. And she says that in the following um, statement. She says, but even now... Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. That just shows us that she she's actually has faith in Christ. She doesn't know exactly how much He can do at the moment. She knows that He can heal people. She knows that He can feed people and a whole lot of other things. She's just not sure that He can raise someone right now. And Jesus says something that's not exactly clear to her at the moment. Look at verse 23. It says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Uh, now, when I, I think of um, ones that we have lost who are Christian, that's something that we might often say. Look, we can look forward to the last day and they'll be raised again in Christ. Uh, and they'll be, you know, we'll be with them to get, uh, together, uh, together again in bodily form one day. So Martha's got this um, theology going, L look at her response, she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She's impressive. Looks like she's done some study. Um, she's got a fair idea on the, on the last days, on the, on the end times, where people will rise again. She's done a bit of study in her Old Testament, uh, in places like Job or in Daniel, where it talks about our bodies coming back, we, we will glorify God again in our bodies. So she's pretty clued on. Maybe Jesus spent a lot more time with this family than we can see in this passage and in other passages. So she's rather impressive. She's saying, look, I know that at the end, there's this day that's appointed where um, through Messiah, people are going to be raised up again. But that's on the last day. And Martha's looking right into the future, going, okay, I know that he will rise again. And Jesus says something powerful and profound. Something that if you said, we'd think about putting you away somewhere. Um, something that if I said, um, I'd be chased out of this building. And this is what Jesus says to her. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And he explains what he means by that in the next part. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he, he, he shall live. If, if you believe in me, I'm the resurrection, you die, you'll live again. And I am the life. 
Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. If you believe in me, you'll die, but you'll live again, and you'll live and you'll never die. You'll die and you'll live again, and you'll live and you'll never die. He takes Martha from this place where she's looking right into this future, going, you know, I, I know that, that Messiah is going to raise people on this last day, this last day appointed. And Jesus goes, I'm right here in front of you. I am the resurrection. I am the life. If you believe in me, though you die, you will live again. If you believe in me, you will live and you will live forever and not die. If Jesus raises Lazarus now, what he's doing is what some people call an active parable. What he's doing is saying, do you want an example of what it's going to be like? Do you want, do you want a bit of a story? Um, and instead of just words, I'll show you, I'll act it out. This is what's going to happen. If Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, because they're talking about this big event that happens at the end. Think of it like a movie. There's a movie that's going to happen at the end. And Jesus is going, if I raise Lazarus, I'm showing you the trailer. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek, a little preview on what it's going to be like. Jesus is more concerned that Martha understands that life and resurrection is in Jesus more than he's concerned about raising Lazarus from the dead. Because Lazarus will die again. It's, it's not about giving her comfort that her brother's alive again. It's giving her comfort that she will never die and she will live forever and that her brother will live forever too in Christ. And Jesus is concerned that you and I understand that as well. That you and I understand that if we believe in Jesus, though we die, we will live again. And when we live again and we believe in Him, we will never die. That's some good news. That's good news. And what this means is that death is not the end for the one who believes in Christ. But Christ is the end of death for the one who believes in Christ. This is the death of death. So this would become a bit of a trailer right, for this big event that's going to happen in the future if Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. This is also to say to us that Lazarus is in this state that is naturally irreversible. That's also to, to say to us that we are in a state that is naturally irreversible. We cannot do anything to reverse what is naturally irreversible. And what I mean by that is the Bible talks about us, though we are physically alive, are spiritually dead without Christ. Though we are physically alive, the Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and in our sins. For us, they are irreversible. There is nothing you can do in and of yourself to bring yourself to spiritual life. You are not the resurrection and the life. I am not the resurrection and the life. But Christ says about Himself, I am the resurrection and the life. Not only 
can I raise physical bodies, but I can recreate someone spiritually. And if you have believed in Christ, if you trust in Him, if you are confident in Him, um, then that's what has happened to you. Look at what He says straight after He makes this profound and powerful claim about Himself. Because He wants Martha to know Him. Right? She's tu he's turning her attention from her brother dying to Himself. That's His way of comforting um, the bereavement, the, the sadness that is overwhelming Martha. The way that He deals with it is pointing her to Himself as the resurrection and the life. After he makes this claim, he says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? <coughs> and that's all the question for us this morning is, do you believe this about Jesus? Do you believe what he says about himself? Do you believe that life is in him and in him alone? He says, I am the, the resurrection and the life. He doesn't say, I'm one of the resurrection and the life. I, I'm, I'm a part of a crew that might be, you know, there's a few of us who can give resurrection and life. He says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. He and he alone. Do you believe this? Do you believe this about him? Have you trusted in Christ? Do you have confidence in who he is? And Martha, again, showing off her theology about Christ, what she knows about Christ. Can we say this with her this morning? Can you say with confidence what she says in response to what Jesus asks her? Listen to what Martha says in verse 27. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Do you believe that about Jesus? Do you believe that He is the Christ? Do you believe that He is the Son of God, equal to God? That He is God, the only one who can save you? Him and Him alone. Do you trust in Him? We, we find um, that these words, so powerful and so profound, words of Christ what, what brings Lazarus back that's not a song and a dance it's the power of God in the word of Christ what is going to bring you from spiritual death to spiritual life it's the power of God in the word of Christ do you believe this have you trusted in Christ have you trusted in his word are you confident in, in what he says all I wanted to say um, this week. Um, let me pray. Father, you were so gracious that you sent your son, you loved, your only son, that whoever would believe in him, not perish, but have eternal life, because He is the resurrection and the life.
thank you, Lord, that we can look forward with hope to the last day. Thank you that even now we have eternal life. Even though we will die, we will live again. And when we live, we will never die. God, I pray for those who have not trusted in you this morning. God, that by your power and the word of Christ, you draw them to yourself. Thank you so much, Lord. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen.